morning, Carrie. Hey. Listen to that new voice. Ooh, who could it be? Yeah, we Love are here it. for another episode of the Women in Brewing podcast, and Ooh. I am Carrie. And we have Aaron. Hi. Hello. Hello. And Amanda. Birch. Hey. Birchmeyer. I think we should go with Birch today. Birch. Yes. yes. She's in because a birchy kind of mood. We have a special guest, yes. Amanda Cunningham. Welcome. Thank you. So amped to be here. Awesome. We are very excited. Yes. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. We're going to start off with a little spitfire Uh-oh. for Amanda Cunningham. Sounds good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one song for the soundtrack of your life. Uh, currently, it's Just Like Fire. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Just like fire. I was Nobody thinking, I don't know what it is. Nobody wants you to sing it. I know. I know. <laughs> then everyone will stop listening. I'm sorry. Favorite hangover food. Hands down, boxcar Betty. Nice. Now, can you explain what boxcar Betty is for people that don't know who are living under a rock? Yes. <laughs> or out of the state. Yes. <laughs> out of the state. Yeah. It's a local, I think, farm to table fried chicken sandwich. And it's really all that's on their menu, but it's delicious. And they have peach coleslaw. Um, it's also why I gained about 40 pounds while I was pregnant because I wanted it every day. <laughs> right, right. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, favorite. Oh, we'll get to that, actually. Favorite beverage or beer? Or both? Again, right now I'm doing Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Nice. And if it was a beer, that would be an IPA. Okay, cool. And favorite relaxation technique? Meditation. Ooh, beautiful. Favorite, we're almost summer. It felt like summer in the past two days. Uh, Favorite summer activity? Definitely boating. I need more friends with boats, though. Okay. Um, or yes. taking Helpful. my... Three- Who doesn't say that? I need more friends <laughs> right. with boats. Right. <laughs> or taking my three-year-old um, to the pool. Nice. I've seen that. He's so cute. He loves the pool. Thank you. He does. I know. Sorry. That was my creepy segue. I was friends with Manna Cunningham on uh, Instagram <laughs> before she came to do this podcast. I'm sorry. You stalked too? What, what? <laughs> A little bit. But it's because she's so Maybe. cool. Duh. She is. Um... And Boone is just so cute. Okay. What are the three words that you would use to describe yourself? I would say I'm driven, I'm confident, and I have empathy. Ooh. You know, we try to preach empathy in schools also. You have to learn how to empathize with people. Awesome. And finally, you've traveled a lot of places. What's your favorite? And why? Oh, yeah. I went with the and why. <laughs> Thanks, Teach. You're welcome. Good job. Way to make it higher level. <laughs> Thank you. I have traveled a lot. Um, I did about 40 countries over a seven-year period of time. That question's always hard, though. Um, I try to never go back to the same place twice. And this is maybe an odd answer, but I've traveled to all those countries on a, on a boat. So I've crossed the Atlantic, the Pacific, and the Mediter- Mediterranean by boat. And I think like my favorite place is to be in the middle of the ocean where you can actually say like you can stand on the bow of the boat and only see water and know that, you know, Africa's a week away and, you know, I don't know, Tahiti's (laughs) two weeks away. And it's this special place to be on earth that I think not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. and, And you're just truly in the middle of nowhere. That is awesome. What a fun answer. I love I like that. It. 
middle of the ocean. Today's Spitfire oh. was sponsored by Beer Mosas. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, Google it. <laughs> really? No, it's, it's literally Virgo from Oak Road Brewery. A little barefoot bubbly brute rosé. Why? Because why wouldn't I get rosé? And simply light orange juice. Mm-mm, good. <laughs> so anyway, that's that. It's Thank my you. new favorite drink. Yay! Excellent. There, it's, it's the new hangover good. drink. New hangover favorite drink. There you Thank go. You. Oh. Are you guys all hungover? No. No. <laughs> no. no. I was, unfortunately, no. Yeah, unfortunately, no. I w- got to work last night. And yes, I said got to because I love working there. But yes, you know, it's fun. <laughs> it is good times. Watching you mop always makes the life. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not great. It's all good, though. It gets done. Gets done. That's what matters. That's all that That's matters. It. That's it. That's it. So. I like it. Well, oh. Amanda, Uh-oh. you want to tell us a little bit about how you grew up and where you're from originally? Sure. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, a little small town called Twinsburg. We're actually known um, to have the largest gathering of twins in the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know that you guys are all jealous of that. Exactly. <laughs> Who knew? Because there's lots of twins and families there or just because? That after the <laughs> no, it's, it's so, uh, it's, it was, I guess the town was founded by twin brothers. Ah. And so it's called Twinsburg. And then I'm not sure how it started, but we're actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for that fact that the largest gathering of twins in the world. Amazing. Um, and it happens every oh. like August, the first weekend of August and twins from all over the world come and when you grow up there, it's kind of crazy because all of a sudden, you know, life's normal and all of a sudden there's millions of twins around you. <laughs> um, that is, wow. That is a fascinating fact. <laughs> that is, who knew? Right. I didn't see oh, That's man. something you'd want to go see just to be able to say you saw it. Right. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that was outside of Cleveland. And um, I stayed in that area through college. Okay. Nice. Where did you go to college? I went to Kent State. Yes. Also mm-hmm. infamous for um, really kind of the first major yep. school shootings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yep. Kent State. State. Kent State. So growing up, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? But <laughs> I have a younger sister. Oh, nice. Okay. Seven years younger. Ooh. That's a big difference. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, so I felt like an only child for a while. (laughs) And when she came, it was tough. (laughs) It's like, why are you here? Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Very nice. Yeah, but we were, um, you know, just a normal middle class family. My mom was a school bus driver. My dad was a truck driver. And I'd say, like, childhood was good. Um, I just had this conversation with my therapist, actually, and she's like, well, good. I don't know. We got to dive into, you <laughs> know, the, dive into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we lived on a lot of land and kind of lived in, in what you would consider the country. And life was good. Playing outside a lot and catching frogs and bunnies. And oh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. That is. Yep. Okay. I grew up that way, too. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. I did not. <laughs> um, but the, yes, I, Bouge, we fun. know. I know. 45 <laughs> minutes outside New York City. Um, okay. So you went to school, obviously, and you went to college. And what was your major in college? It was marketing. Okay. And I think like most of us, you know, I'm 36 now. If I look back, I would have chosen like a billion other options. Mm-hmm. But it's got me here and, you know, that's good. Right. right. Yeah. And, and why Kent State? 
just because it was close it was the thing to do it was close um I graduated high school early I was I was not a good student I really really didn't like high school I was virtually never there um (laughs) but I so I graduated early I needed to get out and what I realized is I was 17 so I couldn't I couldn't like sign a lease Mm -hmm. or I couldn't like go anywhere because they wouldn't you know give me an apartment so it kind of just organically worked that I, I met some older girls from Kent State and they're like, well, come move in with us. And then and then it just happened. Okay. So, oh, cool. that's good. All right. And then so tell me, how did you get on a yacht? <laughs> that's was really it what you want college know. to a yacht or was there time in between? There was some interesting time in between. So I went to I think if you backtrack in, in high school, I always felt um like I didn't fit um mostly like I was older than the rest of um the students and I think it was definitely my parents got divorced and at a very early age I had to take care of myself and my sister and so being in high school definitely did feel like you know I was forced to grow up earlier than I should have been um so there was always this disconnect and then I went to college and I kind of it was the same thing it was like this need to know there's something did any of you guys read untamed mm-hmm. yeah. and you know how it's like there's got to be something, something better more. than this there has to be and I just always felt that growing up and in college um but I did what I thought was I was supposed to do so I got my four-year degree um and then I got my first job in Michigan and it was great it was a big salary and they put me in this you know corporate housing and everyone was so proud of me and um it was in medical sales and you know I'd go every day and I would just be like absolutely depressed like again there's right. got to be something you know better than this and so in Michigan it was it's actually every girl's nightmare we had a wet lab in our basement do you guys know what a wet lab is I do not no okay. I think it's illegal so I'm not gonna say the company that I worked for but we would bring in debt or like body parts, parts. And allow doctors to come in and use our materials to like test out mm-hmm. the stuff that we're, you know, we're selling. So I was freshly out of college and I truly had dead bodies in my basement. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my. This sounds wow. like an ID episode and I'm very <laughs> into it. Sorry. Ooh. So yeah, so we'd invite doctors over on Friday nights, open some beers and work on some Sweet. knees or shoulders yeah. or hands. Yeah. Um, that's not the only reason, though, I felt out of place. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I caught myself really, and I think in high school and in college, and I've really been in touch with myself, and I caught myself, you know, being quite depressed mm-hmm. um, with that sense, again, of there's there's just got to be something else. So I decided to quit on a Friday, like no notice. I'm just going to quit. And I had said to my mom, I think I'm going to go to Florida. And she was like, you're never going to do that. And I thought, well, F this. I'm going to show her, <laughs> now right? I and I literally drove from Michigan to Florida with everything I owned. With no plan? Like, no, just going? No plan. Awesome. <laughs> I had enough money in my bank account, truly, to have gas to get to... So my cousin right. lives there, to get to her house. And then I had nothing. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, but but I was proud of myself. And so oh, I yeah. called her and said, oh, I'm in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I'm answering your question long-winded. No, this is perfect. I love it. So I get to Florida and meet up with my cousin. And, um, you know, she's married and and has a child. And and at this point, I'm young. 
Um, so I did have like an acquaintance friend, Laura in Fort Lauderdale, and she's like, well, come down and spend some time with me. And you know how you sometimes meet people in your life that they're like, I call them like catapulting people where mm-hmm. they do something to you or offer you something that like catapults you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And she was really my first catapulting person. And we were wild. So mm-hmm. sex, drugs, and rock and you roll. Like we, we were young and living life. life and yeah. it was the first time I actually felt alive. Like, oh, okay. You know, I can be myself. I can be different. I really kind of learned to own my sexuality and, and that it's okay to want sex and, and to, you know, love your body. And, and it was just a really catapulting time in life. Mm-hmm. So we were going out a lot, and I didn't know this beforehand, but Fort Lauderdale is the yachting capital of the world. Oh. oh. So while we were going out, we were meeting people from all over the world, like great accents, and I was just so intrigued. I'm sure you guys like accents, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in an overnight summer camp. We were all about those accents. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Accents are... are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They make that guy look even better than he it, may it, look. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Accent with a guitar. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and they know it, too. But yeah, anyway. they do. Yeah, that's true. So I met really the first love of my life. His name was Wes and he was from South Africa and oh. he was tall and blonde and he surfed with like an eight pack and this <laughs> accent and I was just smitten immediately. Um, and he, so the moment we met, we kind of just never disconnected for two weeks, like just, you know, day in, day out. And then he said, Hey, you know, I work on a boat and the boat's leaving. Um, and I'm like, ah, oh. so he left. <laughs> he's like this is what I do yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like bye yeah he did he's, yeah but then he called back in two weeks oh. and he said oh, hey we have an opening on our boat uh do you want to come and again I was like why not sure I'll go and I thought I would do that for a year and it turned into seven years wow. working as crew on yachts amazing wow that That's- is that is really amazing though I yeah. mean because I'm sure that's how you got to see everything. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, working see on a world. yacht is, it, I think if you're not familiar with the industry, it looks mm-hmm. like so right. glamorous. Glamorous. Yeah. That's a good word. And I don't know what you're talking about. Bravo did a TV show, right? Below she, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I knew she'd know what it of is. Of course I do. <laughs> I've seen it once and it seemed pretty accurate. Right. <laughs> like even the drama and, and the yeah. drama. Listen, do yourselves a favor, people. Watch a little Below Deck. It's pretty good. <laughs> Sorry. So tell us the reality of it. <laughs> well, as I mean, there are glamorous parts for sure. But as crew, um, especially on the boats. So I worked on boats that were owned by very wealthy people, but we would charter. So mm-hmm. every 10 days we'd have a new charter guest on. And, and so this was sometimes I'd go three months without ever stepping on land. And wow. I actually lost all sensation in my big toes. Oh, wow. um, because you have to be barefoot on the on the mm-hmm. boats and like I would I would be standing and working for 18 hours a day and it's 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 manual labor and it's it's very intense as a crew member mm-hmm. however um it was it was absolutely amazing I saw 40 countries in seven years I saved a ton of money I met people from all over the world that still to this day inspire me and and um 
I, I say that Wes was also a catapulting person because mm-hmm. he got me into this industry. And it was the first time where I was surrounded around people where I thought, these are my people. Like I had never, it took me, you know, 20 some years to find my tribe or my people, but they were people who knew there was more. Mm-hmm. They wanted to see the world. They wanted to do something outside of the nine to five. They were adventurous and spontaneous and, you know, thought deep about, aliens you know just all these things that were so interesting um so life on a boat was was some of the hardest work I've ever done physically but really truly has been has made me who I am today what are some of the things you had to do as crew Mm -hmm. um so I was kind of just a glorified well I was a stewardess so I'm a glorified slave really (laughs) um but you cook clean serve and just anything that the guest wants you do um so for example you know you have to keep a yacht in tip-top shape there's just constant work to be done on the boat you know polishing silver and and gold and keeping their rooms spiffy and doing you do the whole cruise laundry um you know just if, if they say this is a true story if they say like it's at 4 p.m on a monday like you know what we really want to roast a pig tonight and you're like in a country you've never been or in a city in a country you've never been like i have to now go find a pig and and have it roasted by tonight right, right. um so outrageous outlandish requests and and you just kind of have to fulfill those requests gotcha i'm sure it gave you an interesting perspective on it did i always say that um you know, we did deal with some of the most wealthiest people on the planet, Arab kings and um, movie stars. And um, I can truly say with my whole heart that our crew were happier people than the people that seemed like they had it all. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, most of the crew came from third world countries and, and we all had backstories that were pretty intense and it didn't matter. Like it, it was such a, such, so eye opening that like money really doesn't matter and less is more. Right. Mm-hmm. Hard work. Was there a big turnover with the crew or did you guys pretty much stay together on the same um, yeah. there's big turnover for crew. And, and so the normal schedule for yachting is really you chase summer. So, um, in the winter, you're in the Caribbean and then typically you cross the Atlantic and then you go over to the Mediterranean, um, in the summer. And so this is like a normal pattern. Um, and so you, you could do that once or twice, but then you're like, Hey, I want to go somewhere else. So I would like my last boat went from Florida through the Panama canal to the Galapagos over to the French Polynesian chain. So, you know, that opportunity comes up. I'm like, yeah, I'm jumping ship. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Very cool. Wow. That's awesome. So from working on the yacht, what, how did you, what made you decide it was time to be finished? I attempted a few different times to come back to land. Um, it's difficult because you, you have, you've lived this unbelievable life. Um, you've seen the world and you've been surrounded around people that are inspiring. And, um, but there was always this need of, of wanting something a little bit more stable and certainly wanting to be married with children one day. Um, so I worked with Wes on a boat for three years. Um, I moved to Argentina to work for an owner of, of that boat specifically. Um, 
which was my first attempt to come back to land. So I told the owner, I said, hey, I, I, I want to go back to land. And he's like, well, I can't lose you as an employee. So what if Wes, you know, stays on the boat and you move to Buenos Aires and help me open um, my firm there? And I thought, okay, cool. You know, right. I'll do that. Um, Were you and Wes still together? We were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Just <laughs> No, it's fine. Yeah, we were. Um, it's an important part of the story. <laughs> And uh, so I was in Buenos Aires for about a year and it was, it was again, such a difficult, um, difficult time in my life. I, I was completely alone and you know how sometimes they say like you could be surrounded around people mm-hmm. and you still feel really lonely and that's how I felt. Um, you know, I didn't speak the language and Argentinian Spanish is a mixture of Portuguese mm-hmm. and right. Italian and, and they're known for their slang and it's yeah. like, it's really hard to learn, um. And long story short, I did find out that Wes was um, or had an entire different life, like had been dating another woman like full on while I was there. And um, Wes. Yeah, Wes. (laughs) Dog. Wes. Um, Blew it. Yeah, he blew. Actually, he just texted me like two days ago. He's like, I feel like I blew it with you. And I was like, well, you did. You did. Have a great day. I was like, I'm pretty amazing. (laughs) You don't have me. There's actually a podcast that's coming out that you're going to hear about. Bye, Wes. Wes. Have a great day. Enjoy your time, Wes. (laughs) Sorry. So then I, I, um, okay, so I was on land and then that broke my heart and I said okay I can't be in Argentina by myself anymore I need something different so I went back to Ohio and my mom like put it was Christmas time and she put like a bottle of wine and a bottle of Xanax in front of me and she's like let's have some fun <laughs> oh my god, god. you always uh, need your mom you know <laughs> about how old were you at this point oh, oh probably like mid-20s um so then on that New Year's, I decided I'm going to have a yes year. I'm going to say yes to any opportunity that comes my way. I've never done this in my life. I'm, I'm kind of type A. Even though I make a lot of changes, I still like to be in control of the changes. And um, and honestly, the next opportunity that came up was a boat that was going to Europe. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. So that was my first opportunity to cross the Atlantic, which was absolutely amazing. Again, I met catapulting people that mm-hmm. changed my life. And I saw most of Europe. Um then again, wanted to come home. So I went to Fort Lauderdale, got an apartment, got a car, like started to work a normal job. And I was interviewing for jobs and they were like, well, you have two weeks vacation. And I'm like, is that a month or is that a month? <laughs> like, how do you travel the world in two weeks? <laughs> That's awesome. um, and so I could just quickly realize like, I, you know, I still can't do this. I just, right. I can't. Um, then again, I ran into some people and their boat was going from Florida all the way to the um, French Polynesian chain. And I'm like, well, how do you pass that up? So then I went back on a boat. Um, But ultimately that's how I met my current husband, soon to be ex-husband. But we were on the same boat together. Interesting. Okay. And he was working his crew as well? He was working his crew. Yeah. He's a, um, yeah, I wish he was a very wealthy guest. Because then I'd still be on a yacht. Right. right. Uh, um, or my alimony would be a little bit higher. <laughs> or that. Something. Oh, I love it. Um, 
no, but you know, so falling in love and that was like later in my twenties and, um, he's an ocean engineer and was going back to law school. So he moved from actually from Tahiti to Kentucky and I thought I was going to stay on the boat. Um, but love was too strong. So I also moved from Tahiti to Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. What a different setting (laughs) Tahiti to To Kentucky. Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, it was tough. (laughs) Yes. I can imagine. Okay, so now you're in Kentucky. <laughs> What's yes. happening? What's happening there? <laughs> yes. How did you get from then Kentucky to Charleston? Yep. So we were in Kentucky for three years while he finished law school, and I opened my first set of yoga studios. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and they're actually still thriving, and it's it's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's really amazing because the community really saw such huge change. Like there mm. was there was. Not a ton of yoga um, at the time in Kentucky in that specific area. And this, we just saw women come in and and just their lives change. They had this, um, not only did their bodies change, but they had the sense of empowerment and community. And it really, it's it's an amazing thing to see it still thriving and people still benefit from it. Now, are you a yoga instructor? I am. Now, did you have to do the yoga training? Yes. In Mexico? Or did you go no, else? I did it in Ohio. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I have yes. a sister who's a yoga instructor. Oh, that's why, awesome. and she went to Mexico. Oh, and cool. <laughs> yeah, I wish you know elsewhere, but no, in, in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so had yoga studios, and being in Kentucky was tough. Just again, because I had been outside of the country for seven years, and then all of a sudden I was in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Kentucky has beautiful parts for sure, but but it was just a transition. And so Joe and I were discussing a compromise, where a compromise might be. And so it was Charleston. He had gone to College of Charleston um, for his undergrad for a, a portion of time. And he has four brothers, two of which lived here. And his parents had an apartment here, condo here. So this was our compromise. Mm-hmm. It's a decent compromise. Yeah. It's not Tahiti. We're glad. It's not Tahiti. It's not Tahiti. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good one. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. at least there's a beach nearby. So mm-hmm. That's true. Water, right. yeah. Not near Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> no, not near Kentucky. Okay, so you moved to Charleston. Tell us about that. <laughs> Tell us about that. We moved to Charleston. Um and that was it was seemed like a pretty pretty easy transition. Um easily fell into life here as I think as any explant does is it's it's great it has <laughs> yeah. so much to offer um Joe got a job as an attorney downtown off of East Bay and I was teaching yoga trying to figure out what I wanted to do because I had promised myself when I sold my studios in Kentucky I would never own a yoga studio again um why because wh- uh, it's a labor of love it's it's the business part yeah of it. you're yeah. never gonna and I don't have to make a million dollars but I definitely want to feel like my energy equals you know my output equals my input um and it didn't but then a yoga studio fell into my lap and (laughs) of course you can't turn the opportunity yeah yeah um so I opened a yoga studio about a year year and a half after moving to Charleston and when was that like around what time we moved here in 2014 actually I don't think I opened the yoga studio for a few years now if I think back yeah maybe three or so it really hasn't years. been that long no we've yeah. only been in charleston since 2014 okay. yeah um and 
you know, owning a yoga studio is great. You build community really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bunch of like-minded women that come right. in every day. And it's also something that puts you kind of in a vulnerable space because you're working, you know, we sometimes always think we're working on our body, but really it's a mind practice. Yes. Um, so that was, a, it was a really gr- great way to meet friends and friends that I, I'm still super close with. Um, then my husband came home one day and said, I think I'm going to run for Congress. And I said, okay. And walked into the other room. <laughs> um, sure. Sure. No idea. I had to Google what is Congress. <laughs> why, why are you running to it? No, right. right. <laughs> How far away is it? Uh, um, so life, you know, we probably had three-ish, four-ish years in Charleston um, just as I don't know, not normal people, but just a normal life of, you know, working and enjoying brunches and, and right. the boat life. And so backtrack for a second. When yeah. did you guys get married? We get, we got married in 2014 when we okay. moved here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I, I kind of always knew that he wanted to run for something. Um, and the normal track is to run for like school board first so jumping into United States Congress is a huge huge yeah. jump um but we were the kind of people and still are that just accept a challenge and I always thought you know so many people in the beginning told us you don't run because you're not going to win like that's impossible you know if, if you're listening right. and, and you don't know the area it's a, it's a ruby red state yeah. we hadn't had a democrat in congress in like 41 years um were Democrats. The person who did have the seat was a very well-known um, person who had been in politics mm-hmm. for years. And so we we were met with a lot of, I wouldn't say negativity, but just like, don't do it. You're going to waste support. your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we'd always come home and I'd say there, even if you didn't win, like that would not be a failure. Like this is an experience. Doors right. are going to open. We're going to meet people. Right. Um, and so we went into it. We w- we truly went into it in the beginning thinking, yeah, we're, we're not going to win, but we're going to see where this takes us. Right. Plus just know, letting people know that there are Democrats out there in, in right. South Carolina. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And there's good people too, right. you know, yes. is, is I think the person who had his seat is, before him is a good person mm-hmm. but I think in politics especially recently we we think there's a lot of bad people yeah mm-hmm. truth social yes. media and everything else will mm. turn all that won't it yes <laughs> yeah more information yeah right. so so you're running for congress you're running for congress <laughs> yeah I feel like I'm talking so much no you're um, supposed great. to <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good no it's good I'm like what about you <laughs> They don't want to hear about us. They don't us. care about us. They don't want to hear about <laughs> yeah. us. Just um, so, yeah, we started just kind of doing some research and talking to people and um, built a website and built a commercial and launched his campaign 18 months before the election because he was a nobody and running against a somebody. And so we needed a good 18 months to really build his name. And it, I mean, we were thrown into a world that we just had absolutely no idea um, what it would entail. And there was absolutely beautiful parts and absolutely parts that um, were not. But again, I always try to turn those into growth moments of wisdom mm-hmm. moments. Okay, Lessons we learned. learned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we campaigned for 18 months 
and if you backtrack a little bit, I had a miscarriage. We had been trying to get pregnant for a while. Um, I then, because the campaign was really heating up, decided we decided to stop trying. But the day he announced his um, campaign, I had hosted like a 400 person yoga community event on the same day, which I don't, I don't know who did that planning, but (laughs) (laughs) she should be fired. (laughs) Clearly she should not be employed. Oh my God. Um, And so I drank a lot that evening just in celebration of, of everything that we Mm -hmm. had done that day. And in the morning I woke up and I was like, I'm hungover, but like I'm hungover in a weird way. And I'm Mm -hmm. feeling, ugh. took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. So Um, it happened. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. this one's fascinated by pregnancy because she because yeah. I knows nothing. I, I, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. It is fascinating. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it's. I feel like we've come so far, like in life, like mm-hmm. er, er, all this technology, but we still grow babies in our belly and oh, push yeah. them out of our vagina. I'm yes. like, shouldn't we have like <laughs> is there a smarter there a way, to, way do to do this? this? Yes. Oh my so, God. That I don't have to abuse my body uh, for nine months. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. It feels like we should have evolved. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nope. Never. Um, so I was pregnant um, and we were running our first ever campaign and not to mention again, it was a uh, United States congressional campaign. Exactly. So our life really, really <laughs> changed for sure. Um, and then he won. <laughs> Which you weren't planning on. We so. were not. You know, as we got to the end of it, we did we did have, like, a really good feeling that he could win. Like, the, the support that we saw from the community. And we did, we were very dedicated to running a campaign where we stayed true to ourselves and made ourselves very, because we are just normal people. Like, mm-hmm. we would record, you know, Instagram videos and stories of, of just us on a normal Saturday doing normal things because that's really I think what we needed from politicians and that relatability and that approachability. Um, so we we saw that this campaign we were running was really touching people and, and they were connecting with it. And so as those 18 months went on, we felt like, okay, this, this is a possibility. However, the night of the election, the Associated Press gave us a 9% chance of winning. Wow. Yeah. Way to prove them wrong. I I will be honest with you. I remember that because (laughs) I went to bed and went, oh, Oh, man. man. I did. Yeah. It was one of those races that wasn't called until the middle. It was like 2 11 a.m., if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, But I remember, you know, people, people, yeah, before we went to bed, people were emailing and texting and saying, you know, I'm so sorry, man. Or, you know, (laughs) you guys tried so hard. You did really good. And Joe and I were looking at each other, well, it's not over yet. And I remember we went into the bathroom. We were in a hotel with a bunch of friends and family. And he's like, you know, you still think we're going to win, right? And I'm like, yeah, I, I really do. And then, yeah, to 11 a.m., they called the race and, and he won. And so it was the first Democrat in 41 years to take the seat. Which is wow. amazing. Was, it was amazing. <laughs> I yeah. Bet. Yeah. We were very, very proud and excited. That's awesome. Um, and life changed, I'm sure. Yeah, Just a little bit changed again. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I had a baby, and you know that in and of a, of itself is such a transition. Um, and I wouldn't say that I was, I I think that I'm a gr- a great mother, but it's not something that came natural to me. Um, I struggled a lot with pregnancy. I struggled a lot after birth, and I struggled a lot the first few years. Um, in my identity in how I wanted to parent in, in just all the aspects, um, of it. 
what happened was as soon as we had our son Boone and my husband won his race, he then was never there. So his he was in D.C. three weeks a month. Mm-hmm. And when he was home in district, he had to be in district. So weekend and, and this district runs from pretty much Myrtle Beach down to um, Hilton Head. So in a day, you know, it, it could take you three hours to drive to yep. one area and three hours to drive to another. So when he was here, he was really busy and um, unengaged with us. And um, and so it was difficult. It was really difficult. It was it was probably the well, I, it is the hardest three years of my life to become a mother and to run a congressional campaign than than win it um, and go through those transitions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure it was kind of, like I mean, kind of like being a single mom. Yeah. I mean, not, you know, yeah, in, I mean, in I the don't, sense that, and I don't mean that in a negative way in any sense, just totally having same. to do it at all by yourself is a lot harder than people think. Yeah. And I say that, like, I never want to take away right. the, the superpower of a single mother because mm-hmm. truly being single and a mother is, is absolutely amazing. Right. And when I see it, I'm inspired by it every day, but yes, there were a lot of aspects mm-hmm. of completely doing this on my own mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and I don't think a lot of people um understand the emotion that a woman goes through after they have a baby I think it's something that's not talked about a lot mm-hmm. absolutely and, I mean you literally just carried another human being in your life you've now given birth to them and it's your task to now raise them and make them a productive member of life and you are scared and you are depressed and you are all sorts of things and <laughs> I can't even imagine. Do it's we, like, so yeah. true. And, yeah, I've really, you know, just on social media, I've tried to really be honest mm-hmm. and open about those conversations because I feel like the more that we do talk about the struggles of really life in general, right. the more normal it is. And it's, you know, there's that quote that like, you know, share your story because yeah. it might be the survival guide for someone else. And I really, truly believe that. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I had postpartum depression. I was sleep deprived. Like it. It is absolutely a struggle. And society kind of is like, here's your six weeks or what. I mean, we know right. that we don't have enough time. But but then they're also like, you should be your normal self. Right. Why aren't you weeks. back to normal? What's yeah. your problem? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's like there's a new study that came out that actually shows the gray matter in your brain changes mm-hmm. um, post baby. And so like we are truly changing who we are mm-hmm. on the insides. And I don't think that society set up to to help you through that. Yeah. And then did you go back to work after Boone was born? What did you do? Yeah, I actually never took a maternity leave. I worked okay. from home. So, okay. I mean, there's that that aspect. But um, I didn't really stop, which I should have. Looking right. back, I definitely should have. I also had a really intense birth. So I almost, I almost died. Ooh. Oh, my. Um, and that's a whole long story. But I lost about – I had a natural birth at the birthing center mm-hmm. and um, was super connected to that process and really happy I did it. I would 100% do it again. Um, he was a water baby. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was saying um, to Amanda earlier, or you were saying, you know, oh, he loves the water, and then, uh, you know, I always joke, like, well, it's because he's born <laughs> in it. <laughs> right. That's um, his natural. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Um, but my placenta wouldn't come out after birth, and it needs to come out about forty-five minutes after birth. And so, um, you know, and I just, I'm sober and I just gave birth to a baby and, you know, all these emotions and this intensity. And, and they had said to me, well, we're going to go in and grab the placenta. And I wasn't really thinking like, what that means, but in my right mind, like, I'm like, oh my, you know, now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, what did that mean? 
Um, and so they went in again, I'm totally sober and grabbed the placenta and tried to tug it out, which is actually, it is actually a normal process if something like this happens. And what happens is that it usually comes out. They did it three times though. And none of us would have ever known that it was actually attached to my body. Um, so they were, they were pulling organs out while I was totally sober. And so I started to bleed to death. Um, I lost 50% of my blood in like 40 minutes, um, passed out, couldn't stay awake. Emergency had to go to the hospital DNC. Um, they actually thought I was, they actually, I remember waking up in this moment and they were making Joe sign a waiver that, um, he would be okay with a hysterectomy. And we were both like, and he said like, I can't sign this. Like she's not, she's not, you know, conscious. And the doctor's like, to save your wife's life, I, I might have to give her a hysterectomy. And so he signed it. Thank God this doctor was amazing and didn't have to. He could stop the bleeding. He did a DNC and I had blood transfusions. But, you know, that is yeah. huge. Oh so after birth, yeah. my body was like trying to stay alive in addition to right. taking care of another life. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that, the, what oh Amanda described God. is more common than people know, but not to the extent that yours, because I had to get mine pulled out too. I mean, my doctor literally came in and he was a big guy and he's like, we have to get this. And my husband's a nurse. So he knew too. They're like, we have to get this out of her. And he's like, D- do what you need to do. Mine was not attached to that, but he had to pull. I mean, I was black and blue after my, yeah, yeah. for, for days. And yeah. Yeah. Cause he, at one and point it, he goes, you have to stop fighting and let me do this. And it's a little bit further up than you expect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like... Yeah. I didn't even know this was it a is. thing, and I've yeah, given birth twice. He's up like this, yeah, with like, gloves. Like, you Gosh. guys can't see it, but... You guys get worse to the elbow. It's a forearm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where to the elbow. Um, just to be clear. Just to, and they're literally ripping it out of you. To be clear, if uh-huh. I didn't want children <laughs> before this... You're I, out. I am 115 <laughs> million percent out now with yeah. this. So. Oh my God. No, and I did not go to that extent. He, Ooh. after the third try, he goes, we got it. We got it. And, and I like, hate, I hate, yeah. I hate when women do like, that's why I try right. not to tell these horror stories <laughs> because it makes other people so nervous. nervous but right. I think again, the takeaway is that like, we are so freaking strong exactly. and our body was made to do this and you, you will survive right. and, and birth should not be a scary experience. No. And again, women, I didn't even know that could happen. Women yeah. are literally the best. Yeah. That is, if you've learned oh nothing God. today, yeah. that's and, what you've learned. And actually my placenta too, it was a hair, the one that Brian had to cut because my husband gave, delivered my son. It was a hair. Oh, wow. We almost lost Patrick. Wow. Yeah. What do you mean it was a hair? It was as thick cord? as a, my, no, not no. that. There what? was a, there's a part of your placenta too that, it was as thick as a hair and it's supposed to be like super thick. Okay. And it was as thin. So as thin, I as should thin, say okay. as thin hair, not thick. Mm. Yeah. As thin as a piece of hair. Yeah. And they were like, it's all good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cause of course nobody in the delivery room wants to let you right. know, know anything. Get nervous. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Women are just so superior Aren't in they? all ways. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's true. Stephanie and I came up with a plan yesterday, by the way. Can't wait, can't wait to hear about it. Whew. Sorry, I didn't oh mean to detract, but like I was like, wow, there's somebody else who went through that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's intense. Yours was much more extreme than mine, but <laughs> so it's intense. You're home, yeah, with the baby. Joe had to be in D.C. That's a lot. Trying to raise a baby yeah. and recover your own body. That's a lot. It was yeah. a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And um, you know, I've 
am a vocal advocate for therapy and medication if you need it. And um, through many years and many sessions of therapy, um, I do look back and know that it was absolutely a lot. And, and certainly why Joe and I are in the place we are now is um, what our marriage and partnership endured over those three years was was really, really a lot. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So Yes. But you're such a super strong woman, which is amazing. So Thank you. I like right. to see that. Thanks. Yeah. So, which is awesome. You're incredible. So I had met Amanda because of a women, uh, girls. We're not there yet. Movement. We got more questions. You okay, need to back up the bus, no, girl. I was going to tell her a story. <laughs> I'm telling her a story. So oh. <laughs> she had, I remember when she was just telling some, of, not some of these stories, not telling some of these stories, um, you know, because they're middle school girls. But I do remember that the girls were like, she's amazing. And now I just want to be like, well, if you had heard all the rest of these stories, you would lose your dang mind. Oh, you guys are awesome. Yes. Thank you. So I do. Why Boone? Where'd the name Boone come from? Boone. Well, I wanted something different and we could not... um, couldn't decide so the first county that joe and i lived in together in kentucky was boone county um uh, yeah and then um joe's from kentucky and daniel boone oh yeah right (laughs) um and then i also felt like there's definitely ties to Charleston. oh yeah you know boone hall and okay so yeah that's why i was curious that's cute thanks and he's cute you know high praise from me (laughs) this is true if yeah we're talking about a kid so you talked about lessons learned and that how you've had a lot of chances to learn or opportunities I should say to learn lessons so when you think back on things like what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned like from being on the boat or through the campaign through pregnancy those kind of things I mean because I'm sure there were different lessons at each level yeah for sure um so I think I kind of organize these thoughts. Yeah. You're I, fine. That's what I, I was just showing yeah. Carrie. That's what I was asking. I was getting ready yeah. to ask you. Because um, I always love to hear what people have learned because I'm a learner. So I yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I share my stories the way that I do, mm-hmm. you know, on Instagram in, a, in, a, in an honest, raw format is that everything has taught me something. And you might not know it when you're in it, but right. when you look back, you're like, oh, I know why that happened. And I'm glad that happened, even even if it was really painful. But as a child, um, or in, you know, my young teens, I think that I was taught, um, independence. Mm -hmm. So the importance of, you know, being able to protect myself and, um, be okay with that, you know, that you didn't really need other people. Um, you only needed yourself. Now at 36, my therapist is like, well, there's some, you know. There's a little bit more. Yeah, right. <laughs> little yeah. underlying things there. But definitely independence. Um, in college, I think that my depression and my, like, need to do something else really, like, taught me about my intuition and about listening to myself. You know, that there's just because everyone else is doing this nine to five or going to college or, or doing whatever they're doing does not mean that you have to. Um, and I think when I, once I found, or once I, I always knew that, but I think in college I owned it. Mm-hmm. And once I owned it, I feel like my life changed. Um, I really felt more comfortable and more driven and more excited about life. Yachting 
you know, yachting showed me the world. And I think that's so important. Like, I actually hope that I'm actually not the kind of parent that wants my child to go to college immediately. Like if he wants to go, that's fine. But I would love for him to do something similar to what I did and really see the world because it, it teaches you so much about humans and about nature and about yourself. And um, like I said earlier, you know, being on a yacht with Arab kings, you know, they have everything they need in the world and, and realizing actually I'm, I'm happier than you. Mm-hmm. Um, on a boat, you could only bring with you what fit into a duffel bag. And that was another lesson of like, all mm-hmm. I need is this. Like, I don't need all these, all these things that the Western world tells me I need. Right. Um, which is a lesson I still bring around with me. My house is very minimalistic. <laughs> um, politics, God, politics <laughs> taught me so much. But if I were to pick one thing, I would say that it's reminded me. I've always been this and then I lost it a little bit and I'm coming back to it of how important authenticity is and how important it is to stay grounded in who you are and what you mm-hmm. believe. Um, because so many people were telling me not to be me, um, silencing me to, to an extent of, you can't say that someone might not like it. You can't wear that. Someone might think this, you can't post that someone will, will say this. And, um, while I understand there's a balance of becoming a public figure somewhat and, and, you know, being choosy with what you share and say for a reason, because words have consequences as, as we you know, even right now today, I see a lot of, um, but I allowed that to take away from me. I allowed it to chip away from me and, and, and worry, you know, I was always been, have been so confident in my life. And then all of a sudden worried like, Oh, maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, and so going through that process really, really has brought back the importance of authenticity and, and, um, knowing that my story everyone has a story and everyone is deserving of telling that story if they want in the way that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really strongly about that. I, I always have, but I do more so now. Um, and if you don't like me because of what I'm posting, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you go girl. That's right. right. Get it. I saw that you have rules for, you know, your social media rules I, for other people. Uh, rules for your when followers. They read. Yeah. 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 Is I mean, that kind of where all that came about? That I mean, that was more of an exercise for myself mm-hmm. to write down because I, I highly doubt anyone's going to go to my website, read my <laughs> blog, look at my rules and say, oh, she doesn't want me to post negatively I on this photo. Them. I Let me not do that. I loved them though because I felt like it was just so much like this is who I am. Right. Yeah. This is what I expect of myself. This is what I expect of you. you. And I don't right. give a shit. You know, right. You know, like yeah. you said, I don't give a well, shit. Well, my favorite Whatever. about them too is that they're common sense. Right. Like, why, why go on them. somebody else's page and be negative? What, right. What's they're not the asking you for yeah. anything. Shut up. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it was a, a healthy exercise. I think everyone should do it. It's like, because I think we sometimes forget, like, if I don't allow for that to happen to me in my real life, why would I allow for it to happen in my space on social media right. or on the internet? Because we're growing in a way that these, these, this is our life. It's a holistic right. thing that comes together. Um, and yeah, if in life I'm not going to allow you to say you're hideous and you should die, um, why would I allow you to do that on social right, media? Right. Um, I, I read a quote recently that was like, if if you if you are invited to my house, you don't come to my house and be like, oh, it smells weird or right. it looks weird or I don't like that paint color. You just 
come and you have mm-hmm. your coffee or whatever you're over for and right. you leave and coming to my social media page anyone's should be exactly the same, same. Yeah. yep one of my favorites on social media is they're like you know what if you see something you don't like you can keep scrolling yeah. <laughs> like you don't yeah. have to do anything yeah <laughs> like, yeah this person isn't a part of your life why do you need there's this? no troll police where you have to have a, you know this many negative comments <laughs> right. for you to stay on the internet <laughs> right and I think uh, it's a balance too like I definitely want to create a space when I do talk about these things like mental health and parenting Mm -hmm, and separation where we can have a discussion and we can disagree that's fine but there's a way to do it exactly which we literally spend time in school trying to teach children there's a right way to disagree you don't have to agree with everybody you're not going to but there's a polite and right way to do do it it. I love that yeah yeah Yeah. I teach argumentative writing (laughs) we do a lot of it so I love that you teach that though yeah yes and I I hope that I think about this all the time like I am um, I have a child that will never know anything different than social media it's Mm -hmm. just going to exist so how do we parent and teach for this like it's really something we have to be proactive about because Mm -hmm. I'm I'm afraid for for a lot of different reasons right Right. and it's ever-changing I mean right you know, my son, who is 15, will constantly tell me Facebook's old. He's like, yeah. it's for old people. I'm like, <laughs> he does that. No, I like But that. I mean, that's that right. this teenage generation, they're right. not on Facebook. It's it's for old people. They're not even on Instagram, a lot of them. Yeah, they're it's like, Snapchat, what is it? Snapchat, TikTok, TikTok Snapchat, yeah, whatever all this other yeah. stuff is. I mean, and so just even keeping up with where they're at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and knowing how to, how to parent somebody. Yeah with the impact that social media has on them. I'm thinking about just as new mothers. Yeah. You know, you're, you see all this stuff that's not authentic. You yeah. know, the baby's so cute and I look beautiful and I have makeup on and nah. it's not real. But right. I think it puts so much pressure on so much just pressure. people. Yeah. It was especially, real for that five Especially seconds. new mothers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about the impact that has. Or even right. like but young on all women. of their lives. Yes. yes. You know, yeah. like. The oh, comparison yeah. and these mm-hmm. filters and, you right. know, it's, it's as a confident, well-traveled woman, mm-hmm. I, I experienced that, you right. know, looking at social media with comparison of, of anything, you know, not right. just looks, but, but anything. And I cannot imagine someone who's easily influenced right. at 12 or 14 or whatever yeah. doing the same thing and what it does to them. them right. Right. Yep. Yeah. That was um, one of your posts that you made that I really liked was the one about mental health because I think mental health is such a huge issue and it's finally very slowly (laughs) becoming acceptable to talk about yeah and I think it's interesting that as we talk about evolving that people don't think that that's a huge part of evolution Mm -hmm. that you know (laughs) thank yeah and thank you for saying that it I don't think people know this, but like when, when I do run into people and they thank mm-hmm. me for a post or they have appreciated a post that I've written, it truly, truly fills my heart because I've fought for those posts mm-hmm. um, because I have been told for the last few years not to talk about these things. Um, you know, not everyone's comfortable with them. It might look bad on right. this campaign or or whatnot. And um again I let that bother me to an extent but I feel I I do just feel so strongly about it like talking about mental health and you know looking at someone who may I might appear on my social media to be really happy but oh my god you know the depression and that I have or I've been through and the times I'm on my bathroom floor sobbing like I think it's so important to share those parts of our lives so that when it happens to us we don't feel like we're alone right well, and 
we see it so much in education with children. I mean, we see it so much that it's to, to act like it doesn't exist is just the dumbest thing we can do yeah. as, as humans yeah. to each other. We see it daily with kids going through things. So why not address it? And why not go ahead and, and help people? There's nothing wrong with therapy. All of those things are legitimate things that people need to do to, to be better. Absolutely. What? Like if you tune so, up your car, why wouldn't you tune up your mind? Exactly. It's a great exactly. analogy. Yeah. So one of your other quotes that I love, because this is one that truly embodies what we do too, is that it's about progression and not perfection. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that like stemmed from yoga, teaching <laughs> yoga. Um, yeah. You know, when I would, I would be teaching yoga and everyone's like, I, you know, let's just say handstand. Cause if you're in the yoga community, your goal is always like a handstand, but um, that it's not it's not about perfection. If I walked into a yoga studio and, and you, you know, fill in the blank, it could be anything, soccer, or a relationship, whatever. And if it was immediately perfect, I'd be bored. We'd walk away. Mm-hmm. And so life is about the progression. Um, and it's important to remember that because I think sometimes so, especially with social media too, we want to be perfect in everything that we do. Um, but life would be really, really, we wouldn't experience growth. Right. No one would. No, right. no one, we wouldn't have evolution if everything was easy and perfect. Right. Because I'm sure when you opened your yoga studios, you didn't open them and all of a sudden they were flooded with people and you were like, hey, this is great. <laughs> I know people say all the time, like, how did you know what to do? I'm like, I didn't. Like I would, <laughs> like, the city came in once and like, where's your business license? I was like, oh, I'll get it. Like, I didn't even know I needed one. <laughs> right. Here's my driver's license. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. What's that? Here's my certificate. <laughs> I did it. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, you uh, just go and learn on, learn, learn along the way. Uh, that's awesome. But see, that's one of my favorites. Thank so. you for reading I, my uh, posts. Oh, I yeah. told you when Amanda yes. came to brew with us. Um, I said so. Yes, because ha- Amanda did come brew with us. Yes. <laughs> Hold yes. on to go. Yes. Yes. So Amanda came to brew the honey lemon Kolsch with ginger, <laughs> um, and we decided that's going to be the progression of how we say it. But um. <laughs> I said to her, okay, so I need to be transparent with you. I stalk you a little bit. <laughs> I was like, and you are amazing. And she was like, okay, thanks. And I was like, oh, good. Thank God. I was like, this could have been weird. A lot of people don't respond to their stalkers that way. Right. So, like, it's just because you're so amazing. But I promise I'm not as weird as I'm coming off right. Uh, well, I'm a little odd. A little bit. That's okay. Just no, awkward. But that's awkward. why we love you. It's uh, true. I appreciate it. I own it. You're but, just, I was just, yeah. You're just honest. Right, but yeah, Amanda did come and brew with us also, and that was a fun experience, I think. Totally, yeah. so fun. Yeah. I'm so inspired by you guys, and oh. I, th- I think I told you that day is like, I love being around women that are doing and being and growing and have that growth mindset and inspire each other and uplift each other and just do, you know, things outside the box. So thank you so much, yeah, for that experience and I am. I'm really, I've, I've actually talked about you guys like every day since I was oh. there at that brew day. Oh, good. Because awesome. we've talked about you. So <laughs> now it's <laughs> less weird. No, it's not as weird. Uh, <laughs> right. Perfect. Oh, God. Yes. And Amanda got to, st- you got to stir the grains. Right. I did. We got yeah. photos of it. We All actually right. made her do labor. <laughs> <laughs> what most surprised you about the process? Gosh, I guess just like what goes into it. It's mm-hmm. such a science and, um, you know, I have a new respect for people that are really into it because it's, it's an art, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, um, one of those things that I, I can only imagine that when someone drinks it, 
and you see them enjoy it, mm-hmm. like what that does to you, you know. So yeah, there's a new appreciation for sure. It is. Definitely. It is definitely an interesting mixture of science and creativity. Yes. Yeah. 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 Definitely. We get that from the professor. Oh yeah. That's what we call That's Brian. Brian. Okay. Professor. Professor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you're right. Every time I'm like, here, you should try this, and they're like, what is it? I'm like, just drink it. <laughs> and they're like, wait, I will get a glass. I was, I always go, yeah. Every yeah, you will. Time. No, you're like, no, I'm having a bad day. You have to drink this <laughs> right. in front of me. Exactly. And I need to see that yeah. you love it. Out. And yeah. then it's usually followed with by what? Bye. I made that. <laughs> and, then, and then every time Erin is working there, she goes, you made it by yourself. And I was like, it's the women in brewing team. She goes, like, point at my shirt. I'm like, it's a whole team, but they're not here right now. So it's okay. I love she it. She likes to strut yeah. around. You like should she be does proud herself. of it. Thank yeah. you. I am proud because this is something I never thought I'd do. So <laughs> exactly. I love it. That's great. Yes. It is good times. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you've had quite the life experiences and we appreciate that you're telling us all the things that you've learned from them because again growth lots of amazing yes it's amazing it's about i actually have a tattoo that says um evolve oh as a reminder you know like everything i'm doing is to evolve Exactly. And you're still super young. You're only 36, right? No, I feel so old. No, you're wrong. I mean, like, okay, I don't feel, I I feel old. I I never thought at 36 I would be a single mother of a Mm -hmm. three-year-old. And I think that's where feeling old comes Comes in, in. is like, who's going to want to date a 36 year old with a three-year-old like I'm so old or I have baggage or whatever. And (laughs) I, I didn't feel like that, I think, until the separation. But, um, yeah, I keep telling myself, yeah, like this is, it's just how it's meant to be and it's teaching you something else. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, good things fall apart because better things are around the corner. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. And they will be before you know it. You'll be like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why there's a cute man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, like Wes, who blew it. Yeah, I went back to it, Wes. Never forget. Stop texting Wes. It ain't <laughs> <Yeah>. happening. <laughs> Stop texting her, Wes. Um, okay. Well, now, if I think that I'm correct in our agenda, do you think, Maybe. Carrie? Why don't you ask Amanda what she does now? I'm going to ask her. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, Hold on. Take uh, care of things. Get okay. your, yes. Do your job. Yes. Oh, I have to, again, this, this next part is, again, sponsored by... Mimosas. <laughs> yeah. Beer mimosas. We, we're we're going to be right back. <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. Whatever. <laughs> just a minute. We're, we're no. just getting some drinks real quick. Hold on. This one's going to be a longer episode because yeah. we yes. do have, Amanda has a whole nother section of life that she's going to tell us about. Sorry. <laughs> no, why? No. What are you sorry no. for? Okay, first off, we don't ever apologize for anything. <laughs> we don't ever. On this <laughs> show in I life. I think you've got that from us. We've never yeah. apologized for anything. <laughs> I mean, unless we really did something mean, but you know, it's pretty much half my life because I'm honest. So. <laughs> I'm like, it's am not I mean? I'm like, am I apologizing it's for being mean. honest? It's, okay, yeah, let me walk away. <laughs> no, it's just yeah, when the wrong people hear it. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, when different people hear it, they yeah. don't necessarily want. There you to. go. Thank you. No, thank you. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh. You done or Playing bartender. I'm doing. A hell of a job if I'm gonna be honest. More than beer today. Look at that. It's really really showing my my whole skill set. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah. so hold on, we gotta go back to some things too. Uh, so why are IPAs your favorite beer? Look, see I always gotta go back to stuff. Sorry. I'm so nosy. <laughs> I don't know. I feel I just I like the flavor, like the lightness or the like I don't I don't want like a cider, it's too sweet. Right. And I don't want something that's like 
a sour, and gotcha. so I kind of feel like an IPA is yeah, in the middle. Bitter. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. I like that. I do like that. Now, do you do meditation every day? I try to. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely try to. Even if it's, I think meditation scares people. Like everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to meditate. And right. some some days I feel like that. And I always say like, you can meditate even for just a minute. Right. Like if you just sit where, even wherever you are, sometimes I'm in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes and take a few deep breaths and tune out um, to tune in. Then, you know, it could be, it could be easy. And, right. and I do feel like it's, it's life changing for anyone that attempts to do it on a regular basis. Yeah, the hardest yoga really changed my life Oh wow! when I was separated yeah. and getting divorced. Um, I was going through some just tough Ugh. stuff and like you're looking at like life's changing and it's hard and you know, getting used to changes is really hard. And I, uh, actually my assistant principal at the time, her sister taught yoga and okay. she was like, why don't you go try her class out? I was like, okay. The hardest part I had, I still have with yoga is turning off my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, stopping all the thoughts and, you know, yeah. because you're in that quiet place, even though you might be in a room full of people. Um, turning off the mind, I think, to, to meditate, to practice yoga or whatever. But the I remember a specific night on the mat just bawling. Yeah. Because you get, you, there was something. And at that point, I was like, this I have to do this all the time. Because... Right. You know, there was just a connection I made with myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's like, I think so many people don't understand the benefit of yoga and they don't understand that connection that you get with your mind. Mm-hmm. They don't, but I think that's okay. Like that's like, if it got you in the door and mm-hmm. you keep coming back, like you're eventually going to find that connection. Yeah. I think it's impossible not to. Um And that, that's exactly why I fell in love with yoga. I like the physicality of it, but mm-hmm. it, but yeah, it's absolutely about how to control or understand your own body, your own mind. And, you know, and it, you know, even like a handstand, for example, people are always like, that's ego. Like you just want a handstand. And I remember the first handstand I saw, it was a really beautiful teacher in Fort Lauderdale and she put her hands on the ground and her feet just like levitated off and she was standing there. And I'm like, that's amazing. And, and what was amazing about it was that she was a female with that Mm -hmm. kind of strength. And I knew that has to take dedication. Right. Mm -hmm. And so going after it was, was not an ego thing. It was like, I want to be that strong. I want Mm -hmm. to know my body that well that I could do something like that. And I think that definitely comes if you're going to yoga frequently enough, it's, it definitely comes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it, it really was life changing. I'd have to, I have to say it got me through really tough times. I mean, and even so good to I hear. don't get to, mm-hmm. I don't get to go anywhere as often in practice. And I really like having s- somebody else in there. So, you know, I'm sure that's normal. I find teachers that I really connect with and I really like. Yeah. And when, then when I can't go to them, I'm like, Oh, I'll just do it at home by myself. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. But I think that's part of it too, is that right. connection that you get. Absolutely. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm so yeah. glad to hear that, that it affected you that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think meditation is really important too. I think a lot of people fear it because of what you just said, right. the quiet, mm-hmm. the quiet in their voice. Cause I know when I started, like it was very, I'm like, I'm a go, 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 go. And so yeah, to, to be stop to... and have to quiet my mind and worry about what's going to come into it <laughs> that I may mm-hmm. not want to, but that's what you you know you need that so that you deal with it and you move on and yeah and I think that's part of like why COVID was actually hard for so many people Mm -hmm. because they were forced Mm. to sit at home 
and most likely deal with feelings mm-hmm. instead of running from them. Um, it was a form of yoga, uh, you know, of meditation, right. of being with yourself. And, and I mean, I know that my therapist is always like, don't send anyone else to me. I'm, I'm like, I <laughs> I'm cannot. <full. laughs> yeah, I'm full. And every therapist is saying that now because yeah. of COVID. It's been so intense. Uh, but I think that's a big part of it is yeah. being okay with what you're feeling and thinking. Divorce also got me to therapy too. That yeah, was yeah, a- yeah. Therapy's good. That was, yeah. That's yeah. next on yes. my agenda. Yes. Therapy? Therapy, because I started Sculpt. You know how I love. <laughs> but yes. What's Sculpt? Oh, I'll send you the link. Okay. <laughs> um, sculpt is, so one of my friends was on Abigail Spanberger's campaign, and she met um, Pete Buttigieg's some kind of campaign, <laughs> something, you know. It was good. It was a good, you. yeah. So I like it. it's just kind of, you probably know this, the campaign is big, campaign trails, but it's also small, so a lot of people connect. So this girl started doing a sculpt yoga class online, and my very best friend, Tina, was like, you should do it. And I was like, I hate yoga. Literally, you could, I can right. tell them. I put it off, put it off, and she goes, are you just going to come to a class? And I was like, yes. So the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes is just yoga. And then the middle part is cardio and then weights and all this other. And Bailey, actually, you and Bailey, in my weird (laughs) opinion, look a little bit alike. (laughs) And she is just so positive when she does it. And so I love it. They always laugh because I'm like, got to go to Sculpt because now I can pick up the kegs because I'm strong. Very excited. But yes. I like Sculpt classes. Sculpt. Oh, I'll send you the link. I got your email. I'm sending you the link. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What? It's fun. It is fun. Okay. It is. Anyway, that's that. That's what you got. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, anytime I could also rep Beer Mosa's, Dunkin' Donuts, Oak Road Brewery, and Sculpt. All together. All together. One time. And one time. And you got brewery out. Not booery. Boo- yeah, sometimes I say booery. <laughs> I got problems. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. But yoga is only one of many things that you do yeah. now. Nat yes. yes. Goodness. So um, I was reading, I, I read a quote from your website. It said, empower women, inspire authenticity, and encourage change. And I feel like that, too, oh, is yeah. a lot of what we're about. Um, but... Sorry, I got some mud here. <laughs> <laughs> we have bagels. <laughs> yes, yes. But your involvement in Her Future Coalition, I guess start with what is Her Future Coalition? Her Future is a um, 501c3, so it's a U.S.-based nonprofit. Um, it's the fiscal parent of a lot of NGOs in India and Nepal. Um, What's an NGO? Nonprofit. Okay. Um and so our mission is to break the cycle of poverty through education and, and everything that needs to go into education. For example, like if a child's not eating, they can't learn. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's a holistic process. But we rescue and rehabilitate women and children from trafficking, gender abuse, child marriage, um, high risk in India and Nepal. And it's a, it's a highlight on... Uh, education and vocational trades so that they have a tool to use to actually break the cycle of of poverty and and trafficking. How did you come to this? I always really felt drawn to doing work in Africa and India and I don't know why and I've I've since been okay with that like I just have that drive so who cares. (laughs) Right right. Um, And 
I, you know, throughout my life, I was always looking for ways to get there and, and, and to help. And they were all affiliated with a religion or a church and I'm spiritual. I, you know, I don't, I don't connect to any one religion and they would be like, oh, well, if you don't believe in our God, you can't come. And I'm like, that's absurd that I want to give my time and energy to help, help people. And just because I don't believe in your God, I can't go. Um, so I was turned away from it for a while and it, it came through yoga. So, um, I, was in a different yoga teacher training, one beyond uh, the basic, and the teacher was saying that her next trip or one of her next trips was going to be to India. It was going to be a yoga slash volunteer trip, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's like speak, speaking to my heart. So, mm-hmm. jumped on it. That was in 2015, and they actually asked me on the trip. The owner of that company said, you know, I want to start a nonprofit branch of of her for profit business, and would you want to would you want to help me? Um, so I helped her build her nonprofit branch, which brought me to her future coalition. And now I kind of run both of those, um, oh, wow. both of those nonprofits. Excellent. Wow. Which is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Just a little bit. Yeah. You're just a really amazing person. <laughs> um, so I'm going to segue back to gems for a second. Yeah. So when I, you know, Amanda told her awesome story about how she got to travel the world. She told them that she didn't have a TV in her house. You would have thought that she just like killed a puppy in front of them <laughs> when they said that. It was like it was it was a little funny, actually. And then she's like, OK, well, now we're going to talk about what I do with her future, which is um, we rescue and help rehabilitate and educate women who have been sex trafficked. And you should have seen the kids faces. It was What? And, you know, and I, you know, I said, even though this is in India and Nepal, you all have to be aware that you are also the age. Yeah. And um, I think that really resonated with them. Also, I've seen girls who are like, is she going to come back? And I was like, yeah, probably next year when things are back to normal at school. You know, I was like, we can't just have people walking through the school. But yeah, I mean, it was eye opening for 11 and 12 and 13 year old girls who were just like, wow, you know, I am so honestly, some of them are like, I am so lucky. And I was like, exactly. Yes, you are. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That, that, that's the takeaway. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, and, and it, it, it does happen in every country in right. the world. So there's mm-hmm. trafficking everywhere, especially, you know, I mean, there is in the United States and in, in our state, um, but yeah, I think it's important for kids to see what other kids their age around around the world are doing. Um, because, you know, if a child here is complaining that they didn't get the newest iPad, you know, I have I work with kids in India that don't have running water, and and you know, I've I've been in a place once. This story always um, sticks out to me where they were doing like a traveling library, and in a very you know poverty stricken mm-hmm. area and. Um, so they don't have books. They don't actually don't own anything, um, but they would get these books for a few days and then they would have to return them. And this girl forgot her book at home. Um, it, and she was young, I don't know, maybe like 10 or eight. And so because you, she didn't have her book, she couldn't get a new one. And she was devastated, oh. like uh. devastated that she couldn't get a new paperback book. And so we said, okay, well, how far is home? Like, do you want to take this bike and go home? And she like, jumped for joy got on our bike went home just to bring her book back and it's that's important you know that that 
having an iPad and going to school, even, even breathing this air is a privilege. And I know that sometimes kids, that's, that's hard for kids to understand. But I think again, the more that we show them and the more that we talk about, the better it's going to be. Exactly. I 100% agree with that because in our schools, they would not care if they forgot their library book at home. They'd be like, oh, it's not here. Right. And yeah. there's no no yeah. connection of to, oh, wait. So, yeah. yeah reading is a privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Education, all of it. All and of it. So, yeah, that definitely being able to see that whole, that there's more than just this little hub that you live in, that there's this great big world and what you're getting is you should be grateful for because not every kid most kids on the planet don't get what you're getting yes yeah every time I give my three-year-old a toy I'm like not every kid has a toy (laughs) (laughs) he's three I'm like I'm starting early we we do the same thing I'm like you know and I grew up in one of those families where my parents would say you know oh you're gonna eat that because there are kids in Africa who have nothing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's true so how often do, do you travel um, to those areas? So we we try to go a few times a year. COVID's definitely changed things yeah. for us. But we, we were actually there in February right before COVID really hit. Um, and we'll be there in October again. Um, and I actually started uh, curating and creating trips where, you know, Western women um, could come with me. That. Yeah, I know you guys got to come. And it's, I mean, this is one of my passions is just to, you know, show people the reality of what we see in India. Um, because it's like, it, we call it the multiplier effect, because if you see it and you experience and you live it for, for even just a week, you're going to come home and it's going to impact you so much that you're going to impact your family and your community and your state and greater change is going to happen. Um, so our next trip was supposed to be in October, but we, we canceled that um, because of COVID. I'll still go. But our next trip with um, women is February 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Did I just write that down? Uh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm also thinking of, of making a teacher's discount uh-huh. because so many teachers want to go. And I know it's quite yeah. expensive because we work it in a way where it's a lump sum, but half of that is a direct donation mm-hmm. to the nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so these trips create like twenty four to $30,000 for, for us. Um, which is amazing because $30,000 can run a school for an entire year. So, so we're helping like hundreds of, um, women and children just from that one trip. Right. And just for a second, everybody heard that, right? $30,000 runs the school for the year. (laughs) And teachers make $180 a month. Wow. (laughs) Just, yeah. (laughs) Well, and one of the things I'm never, <laughs> never going to speak again. That's all I'm going to say. Just, where, like, where do you no, find it's all the relatives. teachers? Yeah, uh, in India. In India. Okay. Um, so we don't we don't we don't source teachers there's there's aspects of it that we don't do so like we don't specialize in the actual rescue um of you know we don't we don't raid the brothels um so there's there's other ngos other nonprofits that that specialize in stuff like that but um we don't actually choose the teachers uh we choose the students that go to the schools and then we support you know the day in and day out finances of that school and create or help create different programs. Um, one thing that I'm super proud of is that we we don't go there with the mindset that we know better. Um, and I think a lot of nonprofits mm-hmm. do. 
Um, so we always go there with true empowerment of what do you need? Like we, we have resources and we are only going to use them in the ways that you are saying you need help. A great example is that we created drop-in centers a few years ago and what we were doing is going into the red light areas, into the brothels and giving the women an opportunity to come out of the brothels. And they would say, no, no, no. Like, because some of these, unfortunately women have, act, have been born into a brothel. And so like, they never they don't really know. know anything else or ha- unfortunately were brought in at like eight or 10 or 12 and now they're 18 or 20 and they just don't know anything else. But what they said to us is like, you can't save me, but you can save my child. And Mm. I need somewhere for my child to be every day. So we created these drop-in centers where women who have been forced to be in brothels and then will continue to be in brothels because there's no other form of, you know, they have no education. They can't read or write and there's really no other options. Um, They can drop their children off and they're safe, number one, because a lot of times these kids will watch their mom all day. Mm. Um, And while it's definitely rape, it, it can also be very abusive in other forms and so it's an opportunity for these kids to be somewhere else we offer tutoring it's a safe warm place we offer nutritious food um and just like general love and kid things you know um we do yoga and we sing and, and we do a bunch of stuff but um so i'm really proud of that is like we we did go in thinking oh we're gonna save you and they're like no that's not actually that's... what we need what we need is someone to watch our children hmm. oh my goodness Yes. Break, trying to break the cycle. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Jeez. And I think that's one of the stories I remember that you told was that it was the, unfortunately, the cycle continues all the time because they were, you know, born into it or eight or 10, then their children are there and they are also in the brothel right. and it just becomes a terrible, terrible situation. Um, Yeah, and I think one of the things for me that is always kind of the most mind-blowing part is that this exists because there's demand. And like what has happened on earth that we have a demand to abuse not only women but children yeah um and it can get it can get really dark and I say that all the time but it does get you know it does get dark but what we focus on is that we can break the cycle no I don't I don't think that I'll ever see a massive change in my own life but what what I go on with is knowing that we've planted a seed and if we can take the children away from it and know that you know their mindset is like oh I don't have to do that whether you're a girl or or a boy Boy, like I don't have to treat women like this and I um for the girls oh I can learn to read and write and I can get a job and so like it's that it's it's a deeply ingrained belief that women are less than in this culture and and really in most of the world Mm -hmm. and so it's like that seed that we're that we're planting to know that hopefully there will be change yes my husband and I had that discussion that other morning over coffee I said it just baffles me the evil yeah in the world I said you know and so of course you you have to always remember there's good out there that is countering it but that that there are people that think going in there and doing that to women and children it's okay yeah it's a, it's like what um what i don't know <laughs> it's just hard yeah. to wrap your brain around it is. That, that this is you think this is okay yep and i get that some of it is because it's behavior you've seen so you also don't know any better but at what point does it all become you know you just have a yeah. instinct that yeah. this isn't right. We have, um, so our co-founder and um, this really inspiring woman named Anjali just wrote a book. Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's called Standing in the Way. 
There's my plug. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but where Anjali comes from in a remote village in Nepal, there is a 100% chance of women being trafficked in a family. And so it has become something that is completely normal. Right. It's a form of income for the family. And so they actually get excited. There are actually like tribes or communities in India that get excited when they have a girl because a girl means forever income. Because, um, you know, you can sell a gun once, but you can sell a girl a lot of times mm. for a lot of years. Um, and in India, it's not... We in these states, like, we talk about therapy and and our past and how are we learning. And in in Indian culture, you don't really do that, Um, which there's a beautiful aspect to that because they're like, well, today is the first day of the rest of my life and I only need to focus on my future. Um, But that means that we're not processing some of our past and we're not sharing our stories. So Anjali is one of the first in our 15 years that really truly understands the importance or believes in the importance of sharing her story mm-hmm. and um is is doing exactly that is building a school so she and and i mean imagine this she's building a school in the town that trafficked her to teach children that this is not the only way and here's an education for you and here's you know here's a different future and so it's really amazing to see that you know that you can overcome and you can do good with your story. And I think you guys right. are about that too. It's like, how can my story inspire or change the future? Wow. So Anjali is, is um, a shining star. Wow. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. And is she the one that you highlighted on your Instagram the other day? Or is that a different? No, that was, Sonali. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was Sonali. Um, Sonali is another yeah there's just so many amazing ones but Snolly's only 15 and um her family is very very poor they um actually at night she sells um bread with her mom and they sell loaves for half a penny um they spend all evening doing this but they have a one-room home with no water and no bathroom no shower sorry excuse me and um she is tutored in our programs and we sponsor Mm -hmm. her education and um, in a different collaboration, we had to have girls like like talk on video and she was so animated <laughs> and so happy. And so this other nonprofit, you know, said, hey, does Sonali want to be interviewed by um, Miss Obama? And I'm like, is there any other stupid questions? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll fly to India today. Make sure this happens. But um, she was so amazing. Again, she's only 15 and she, knows English but really it's really broken mm-hmm. and so she literally spent weeks not sleeping working on her English just for this like 15 minute interview wow. and the interview was like at 1 a.m their time oh, so like she had to stay up and, <laughs> and she just did so good and it's it's just it's their resilience and their joy and their ability to to move forward you right. know it's they're, they're always on forward motion and it's really mm-hmm. beautiful to see I was going to say, wow. that's what's amazing, too, is the positivity, the joy that it's not, I don't know, we and, and we see it with our students. Our students act like things are done. I'm like, you're 10. Like, you can't. And to be able to have stories that look at what these children are going through around the world that is way worse. Right. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, not I hate that thing. And that not, we, yeah. Yeah. Not to take away what you're going through. Right. I and mean, it's all relative. But, but yeah, just that realization that like, yeah. Right. It's, it's intense for right. others. And just the whole, the, why are you quitting? You're 10. You can't quit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So. But That's yeah. 
That's amazing. These are amazing, amazing women. They are. They inspire me every day. Empowering. And I'm just empowering. very feel empowered and inspired today. You ready to go? <laughs> yeah. I have that thing where I'm like moving a little bit in my chair, like thinking, you know. Got ideas? Just to, yes. I'm just excited. Okay. You know, that's how I go. That's well, how I roll. Do you want to talk about our idea, what we're doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what idea? She I was literally like, just had a blank face. I like, was like, what, what idea? Do you mean the idea about the the beer release? Is yes. that what you mean? Party. Yeah. Okay. So we are very excited because um, who is the, can you tell us a little bit about the other woman who is, I believe, the, I don't want the founder. To, thank you. Yeah. I was like, CEO is the wrong the right term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, she's the founder of the nonprofit, Sarah Simmons. She's awesome. She's written two books, both on Amazon. She has a TED Talk. And she, she's, she in herself is amazing. She was a, she was a famous musician, um, traveling the world. And one day accidentally saw a documentary called the day my, my God died. And, um, it was about trafficking and she's like, I have to, this is what I have to do for my life. And she like literally her and her husband like quit their normal corporate jobs or, you know, whatever they were doing and opened this nonprofit like 16 years ago. So um, she's really awesome. Okay. So uh, again, you want to meet another awesome person. (laughs) You should be coming out on Friday, April 16th at 5 PM to Oak road brewery in Somerville, South Carolina. Yes. People not in the area. (laughs) You can come too. Um, But we're giving you enough time. Right. Figure it out. <laughs> we, right. We're giving you weeks. So figure it out. But we are very excited because we um, part of the profits of Libra, which is the honey lemon Kolsch with ginger. That Amanda I, helped brew. That Amanda yeah. helped brew. Um, will be given to her future coalition as well as all of the tips made that night. Mm-hmm. And to make things even more fun. That's right. Um there will be raffle prizes that will be given out, um, which is very exciting. Oh, I thought you meant that Amanda was going to be bartending. I was kidding. That's the most <laughs> exciting part. And now Cox ruined fun. it. Hold on. Because then I was going to say the most fun. Oh. There's a progression. Okay. Um, so My bad. we'll be doing a raffle, which will be awesome. Um, uh, prize, I guess prizes. Prizes where you can go and put your tickets in. For different local Charleston establishments, I won't lie to you, I got one of our friends to already commit to coming because I said, there's a Zabao Biscuit um, gift yes, card. Yeah. Kitchens. Kitchens oh, is eaten there right. every day for the past four days. And she's like, I'm already there. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and then the most fun, exciting thing that Aaron Cox has ruined is Mama. that Amanda Cunningham, I will say the better of the two Amandas sitting in this room, <laughs> Um, will be guest bartending as well behind the bar. What? And Sarah Simmons is going to be there, the founder of her future coalition. What? So pretty much, I don't want to say food and music. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Oh, no. Okay. There will be a food truck <laughs> um, and music. Berl- uh, oh, Taste, Taste of Berlin. Berlin. They make really good grilled cheeses. The <laughs> best grilled cheeses, some may say. Um, and then there will be music. And the four of us behind the bar. And what's the theme? 
Oh, it's fun. You're leaving that it's, out. The theme is 70s. That's right. Groovy, baby. So we're going to be groovy. Right. Get so those get, middle hair parts. Get your middle parts, your curly hair, your flower crowns, and your tie-dye. Let's Men, go. Get your but it's all back in, ready. though. It's all it back in. So it's right. easy right. to participate. Exactly. Just exactly. go to the store. You can Just go to the store. We already, have a, we already have a regular that's got his stash going on, too. Yes. Sweet pickles. <laughs> I know it's you. Shout out, it sweet, pickles. It Shout sweet, out sweet pickles. Shout out sweet pickles. Yeah. He's uh, already grown his 70s mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So Crap. it's going to be Is Chris Birchmeyer going to grow his mustache again? I don't know if he's going to grow his mustache, but he is very prepared for his outfit. And that, <laughs> let's just back away, ladies. That's all I'm going to say. Muscle tanks. You, this He was born for this. Yes, My husband loves muscle tanks. It's a, he doesn't have muscles. He, <laughs> I'm going to tell him not to listen <laughs> to this because now he'll be sad. <laughs> um, but he loves them. And so he was pretty much, he was like, ooh, 70s themed. And I was like, oh, like he, just, he just wears them like in the summer. Just We'll say just in the summer. <laughs> yeah, that'll make me yep. feel better. Yep. Just in the all summer. The time. All the all time. time. Uh-huh. All the time. But yeah, so Friday. Easter to Christmas. That's when he wears them. That's it. So lucky. (laughs) Friday, April 16th at 5 p.m. Oak Road Brewery. Again, you should come. It's going to be amazing. It will be a lot of fun. I'm so excited again. I just got excited. So what else can people do to help with um, her future? Um, well, you can go to our website, herfuturecoalition.org. You can always donate. A little goes so far in India and Nepal. And I think just sharing is caring. So talking about these things, trafficking mm-hmm. um, with your partner, your kids, your community, even just resharing posts that we have, um, raising the vibration and awareness of it is is key. Right. And I really do think people, and there are several people I've spoken to in this area, who don't even know how big sex trafficking is. I mean, this area alone is known for it. And um, I really don't think people are so aware of. They don't. They, You know, we always say like, oh, slavery ended. But um, it it didn't. <laughs> we have more slaves today in the world than we ever have in the history of the world. Um, and I feel like that that always shocks me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. So it's it's definitely something that needs to be spoken about more. Again, not pushed under the table and act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and especially I think people get worried about talking about it with their children because it's, you know, kind of that taboo. It's, it's something you definitely need to make your kids aware of. I remember when I specifically I went to a school where they would play str- they were corny as as all hell but it was stranger danger videos mm-hmm. and I feel like that has gotten very much away at in schools because again you don't want to say the wrong thing or right. do the wrong thing and then people get in trouble but I specifically remember stranger like right don't go to, you know, the kids, don't go to the white van that says free puppies. That's right. not what it is anymore, you know? I mean, right. there might be, but... Yeah, know. and, like, no. these movies, too, as they always do, like, Taken. Everyone see, mm-hmm. see, has right. seen Taken, and they think, oh, that's that's how you get sex no. trafficked. And it's really not. No. I mean, Mm-mm. this is a... Behind the sale of drugs and firearms is the illegal sale of human life. Right. It's a mass industry led by very intelligent people in a very intelligent way. Mm-hmm. And... It's it, they 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 go after vulnerable communities, and right. so you know, talking yes to your to your young girls in your community and 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 making them aware of how it happens. Right, and it, it was interesting. I read an article that a young girl who she was seventeen and she talked about what it was like. She's like, it's not what you think. She goes, 
It was my grandfather. He would take me into a bathroom and there'd be another man who took me out. She's like, and I was told, don't say anything. Yeah. She's like, and nobody, why, you know, I'm holding hands with this person. Unless somebody had actually paid attention to me going in, they wouldn't have known that I'm coming out with somebody different. She's mm-hmm. like, and that's, she's like, for four years, that's how I lived my life. Wow, yeah. You know, she's like, and that's, because that's who was taking care of me. And there was, you know, no, and I was told, don't you dare say a word. Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's things that, you know, people don't even realize are happening. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know it's mainly girls, but it, there's a hot, boys too. And I think that gets overlooked even more because mm-hmm. boys are not going to talk about it because they've been told not to. Yep. You know, they're more, they're more. You know, I don't know what the right word is, but boys are more private, I guess. You know, like that's not something they're going to admit has happened to them. So often as we talk about, you know, sex trafficking or or any female human rights or equality in the world, we tend to leave out men. Right. And like we cannot create change without them like we in any aspect of this they have to be a part of the conversation they have to understand what's going on and they're the ones driving demand unfortunately we as a as a world community have to change this mindset and have them be a part of it Mm -hmm. otherwise we'll never see change right so it's definitely something that needs to again kind of like mental health needs to be (laughs) talked about the more you talk about it the better there is for a change for sure keep hiding it it's not gonna go away yeah so it'll just get worse go to her future org. definitely yes. go and you know it's a credible source i taught credible sources <laughs> last week it's very credible because it's a dot org so you know <laughs> it's true you gotta say it um okie dokie then um, but yes gotcha so if so, you had any advice you could give young women what would it be I was thinking about or even that. Just women. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was thinking. I was thinking. You know, thinking to myself, what advice would I give myself? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I tend to never really like that question because um, if I truly had the opportunity, I don't think I would have t- told myself anything. Right. First of all, she wouldn't have listened. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like we we have to go through what we go through, and we have to yes. do it on our own time yeah. and in our own way, and. Um, I guess the only thing, the only wisdom I, I would have at this moment is, is that understanding is that you, you will be okay. It's, it is happening for a reason. If you can, if you can learn from it and evolve from it and grow from it and be wiser and stronger, um, then no matter what happens is okay. And I think that's just a, an important reminder for, for all women is that we're, well, we're in this together, but um, we'll also come through it together right the learnings and the struggle yeah yes no struggle no learning yeah (laughs) what would be your word for 2021 we all we have words we pick one every year yeah mine's definitely liberation nice nice. i've been thinking about that one (laughs) (laughs) awesome and so what does that mean to you um so going through a separation and going through what I have been going through over the last three years, it is just a reminder to me that you are free and you are you and you are free to be you. Um, but also it just in my work is that, you know, we liberate women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this general idea that my work or what I want to do in 2021 is 
um, through the liberation of myself, remembering who I am and what I care about and that I am worthy and I am good, um, that that will also ripple into my work and into the community. So it's just liberation in general for everyone. Very nice. I like how you said ripple. I think people forget that what they do impacts people no matter what. That ripple. And even if it's just one person, that's fine. Exactly. Right. It's all all that matters. Mm -hmm. Just one. We can't wait to see everybody (laughs) on Friday, April 16th at 5 p.m. (laughs) at Oak Road Brewery. Because who wouldn't want to meet Amanda Cunningham after this? And if you don't, don't tell me about it because (laughs) we don't need to be friends anymore. (laughs) I thought you were going to share your word. We made Amanda share hers. It's only. Mine's motivated. And I'm still motivated. Uh, you know, so I'm excited. Well, I am because I, you know, I grad know. school, teaching, brewery, women in brewing, and I'm just keeping motivated to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping keep on. on. That's how I am. I like it. Thank yeah, me you. Too. My word's fearless. So mm-hmm. I've kind of gone through a little bit of what you've gone through, just making sure that I'm staying true to who I am and being fearless about it and not mm-hmm. worrying about what the collective has to say or how they act. I'm a often tell my my close friends I'm honest to a fault that you know I'm like probably wasn't the right thing to say my bad but and then I second guess and and don't trust my instinct and so being fearless that no it's gonna happen and oh well I'll backtrack and yeah if I have to say I'm sorry I'm sorry and (laughs) if not I'm not and (laughs) move on I love it my word is action because I felt like I really needed to um with women in brewing last year kind of getting started and I felt like this was a place and a time for me to start trying to affect some change and, you know, taking action to, to make that happen in all aspects of my life. You know, I've got, uh, we're blended cause I'm remarried. So four kids between the two of us and just making sure also that I'm setting an example for them for, you know, life. <laughs> so Good old life. Living good, good life. Living good life. Living good life. I love your words. And I, it reminds me of that quote is like, when you, when a woman is herself and like owns herself, um, it allows other women to do the same. same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys inspire me. Exactly. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, you inspire us. <laughs> I was going to say. Yep. Huh. Do ya? Okay. Again, April, <laughs> uh, April 16th, 16th, 5 p.m. Friday, Oak Road Brewery. Come meet Amanda Cunningham. Yes. Clearly it's worth your time. Wear your 70s gear. Get some tie-dye. Again, it's on Amazon. I saw it. So, Or you can tie-dye your own stuff. <laughs> you could. You could do that. You could because all the, the kits are out now. I know. All the tie-dye kits are out. Oh, Godspeed. My child wants to tie-dye. She was going to tie-dye with Miss Birchmeyer. And then Miss Birchmeyer had some, had some yep. stuff. Yep. <laughs> so I told her in the summer. I'm excited. Miss yes. Birchmeyer said, look, I can find this shirt without having to do anything. And that's exactly <laughs> this is why Amazon Prime exists. And I was motivated to do that. Yes. <laughs> so there yes. you go. Now I'm going to take action and tie down my own <laughs> shirts. <laughs> oh, God bless. Oh, my um, goodness. All right, y'all. Well, again, we can't thank you enough for coming yes, on this podcast. We exactly. appreciate you. Thank you this so much. Amazing. Visit herfuturecoalition.org. Yes. Mm-hmm. Find out more. Definitely. Find out what you can do. And check out Miss Amanda Cunningham. She's got her own Instagram and Facebook, too. She has lots of positivity and empowering yes. words of wisdom on there and lots of honesty, which is what I think a lot of things are well, lacking we right now. So yeah. <laughs> Follow her. Thank you guys so much. Thank You're you. Welcome. It was a blast you. talking to you. Awesome. Yes. Woo-hoo.